I asked the Lord, I prayed, I asked the Lord um, if this was where he wanted me to continue serving. And a song came on the radio and it was all the right words that just let me know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm, I'm here with the kids and God's here with me and he'll give me all the tools I need to do this. I think serving in children's ministry is important. Have the same people with them, telling them and reading them the Bible every week. Having a consistent leader at the church for the kids to come in and see the same person every week really builds their trust. When children have seeds planted early on, and they're the consistent seeds over and over, that really helps them to know when to make the rise, wise choice. What choice should I go with these kids? Should I go with these? They're having more fun, but they're doing the right thing. So it, it, it helps them make the wise choice. The joy of seeing the children is in watching them grow and having them just love on me and I get to love back. It, it's just great. The joy is, the energy they bring just gives me great energy when I leave. <laughs> I would encourage everyone to give it a try. Come teach them about God because they want to learn. They really want to learn. When kids enter our classroom, we want them to feel that they're loved for just showing up and that they're loved by God. To see those children still serving the Lord, it, it gives me hope that the world is going to be a better place. Well, I have to, I have to say, Rhonda, you're my hero. <laughs> it's people like Rhonda that makes ministry so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's people like Rhonda in her heart. She started off, she's like, I'll serve every once in a while. And then she was like, well, God spoke to me. I'm going to serve a little more. Mm. I'm going to serve a little bit more. And this, a couple weeks ago, she came to me, and I was like, hey, we need a teacher. Would you be willing? And the next week, she came with tears in her eyes. And she said, and you heard it in the story, she goes, God spoke to me and said, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what he wants me to do. And for me, we're all like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> It's so cool how God works and speaks to us, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And so thank you, Rhonda, so much for sharing your story. Well, if you're new here, welcome to Crazy Amazing Weekend. Yeah. It is Kids Takeover Weekend. And I had this idea back in August. I had just fresh off maternity leave, and I was like, God, if you're going to change something, if you're going to stir something, do it now. Yeah. And he gave me this dream of what this weekend could be like, where we champion kids and what God is doing through them. And I went to Peter, and I was like, I have this crazy idea, hoping, like, is this God? Is it not? And he's like, let's do it. I was yeah. like, here we go. <laughs> and so this is what this weekend is all about, is us just getting to talk about kids ministry and also the the fact that we get the greatest opportunity as Christ followers to pass the generate to pass the face off to the next generation it's so cool so thank you guys so much we're gonna I'm gonna get out of my own way yeah here but thank, thank you Lauren yeah yeah 
So we thought it'd be fun today to do something. I said, you know, we got to throw up a picture when we were kids. <laughs> and so Lauren went and picked out a picture of when she was of a course. kid. So we're going to take a quick look at her. And but, the best part is, if you've met my child, she had one job. She's supposed to come out with brown curly hair. Yeah. And if you look at her, she's blonde and straight. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is me. I was about probably around four years old. What's the dog's name? His name was Beethoven. Aww. He was the sweetest little dog. He was a Sheltie, I believe. Did, he, did you cry when he died? Uh, we had to give him away because it turns out I'm allergic. Well, it was, it ho- was rough. Hopefully that goes better with your baby than your, than your puppy. I hope so did. too. <laughs> <laughs> so she picks out this cute picture of me. Now, when I was a kid, there was no Casey. Before there was Casey Keller, there was Peter Degon, the soccer phenom of the Olympia area. <laughs> so guys, there, there we go. Striped socks and everything on the prairie soccer The clubs. best part is you're like, I know. I was. <laughs> you got that like goofy like, look at this. I was pretty sure I was, you know, filling out right here during that time. <laughs> so I love that I picked a dorky one and you picked a great one. So, <laughs> so fun days in there. Listen, as we talk about kids ministry, I want to um, just remind you this. A lot of you grew up in going to church with your family as a kid. And uh, there's a lot of people today who only go to the kids ministry, not the sanctuary. It's so powerful to have kids in the worship gathering with yeah. their families to sit with their families, to watch their parents worship, to be in a, a, a worship gathering where, where God is moving and speaking. If I could, I honestly would say this, like everybody should go to two gatherings, go be in a life group, go, go serve in one gathering, and then attend a gathering like this mm-hmm. for the other one. Um, because kids can go be in kids ministry, but they can get a lot out of being in a room like yeah. this as well, especially the worship time, mm-hmm. just to experience that. I remember being a kid, and I remember being like four years old in church, and I remember not knowing what was going on but knowing God was somehow there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like I, I heard people crying. I heard pe- people confessing their sins. I saw people um, repenting and turning to God. I heard adults praying, and, and there was adults that kind of cared for me as a kid and kind of poured into me. So I'm not sure that we should give up on kids being a part of the family worship mm-hmm. experience. And I know that's yeah. a passion for you too. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're here today, and you're like, gosh, we like, I wish there was a class. Maybe you should start a class and during one of the gatherings so you could have something where you make some contacts, maybe not during the week, but even on Sunday morning, you're already here. Uh, and we have some rooms, and so Pastor Dave and Sharon lead our life groups, and we'd love to have more classes on Sunday yeah. morning and get those kids doing that. All right, I wasn't supposed to go there, so sorry That's okay. about that. All right. And I, on that note, though, there is something powerful when kids get to see their parents in worship yeah. mm-hmm. and being an example to them of what mm-hmm. worship truly looks like. Yeah. And it's not just on a Sunday morning. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And so Absolutely. that's what we're talking about today, not yeah. to give anything away. All right, good. So here's the scripture. This scripture has kind of haunted me my whole uh, ministry career. It says in Judges 2.10, after that generation had died, the people of God, another generation grew up behind them who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And I've always been fearful. God, let us not be the generation that drops the ball of faith. I mean, I just, I'm going to look at this and I kind of just wonder, you know, in the Old Testament, the people of God were blessed and God's hand of favor was upon them. And then, you know, one generation decides, you know, we really don't need to pass the, the torch of faith on to the next generation. And all of a sudden we see idol worship everywhere in the church or the people of God. How does that happen? Well, every generation is responsible for their own faith. We need, we need to own that. But every generation before has a huge responsibility to, to teach their kids about the Lord. 
And um, I just hope so greatly that we do that. Um, honestly, we're all going to pass on something. Some of you are excited. You're going to pass on money. You're going to pass on an ability to fix things. You're going you're to pass on great grandma's wedding dress or ring or something like that. And the reality is this. I want to encourage you to pass on something more than, than just the, the mess of life or the stuff of life, but to pass on a deep and rich faith to the next generation. Yeah. Whether they're your kids or they're other people's kids or neighbor kids, pass on the faith to the next generation. Um, so today, um, we're going to talk about some clear ways that we can do that. Yeah. And one of the ways that we thought, we have three points. And getting us to get three points on a sermon, we're both talkers. And so it was rather hard. But we got three clear points for you guys today. Are yeah. you guys ready? Buckle up. The first is kids' number one spiritual leader is their parents. Yeah. And we believe that so much. And in a couple of minutes, you'll get to see something right here because I'm a kids pastor. We love object lessons. But one of the things that we believe is that kids, uh, spiritual leader is their parents first Mm -hmm. and foremost. Mm -hmm. You are your kids' safe spot. Mm -hmm. And if they get an example from you on what does an everyday faith look like, Mm -hmm. we can move mountains. And there are some ways that we have to do that. One of them is just have spiritual conversations with your kids. One of the things that is always terrifying is talking about faith with your kid. But one of the things that happens is if it's not something that talks, is talked about on a regular basis, it's become something that begins getting pushed to the side. Yeah. And instead, what we need to do is be people that are willing to have those hard spiritual conversations with our kids. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, they're going to have them. Mm-hmm. And you want it to be with you. And mm-hmm. you want it to be godly wisdom that they get. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that you're having those spiritual conversations with your kids. The next is read your Bible with your kids. I know it's crazy sometimes um, that Bible that sits on the shelf needs to come out every once in a while. Because here at this church, we believe that the Bible is true. It's God's living word. Mm-hmm. It is filled with stories upon stories of God's faithfulness and how Jesus moves through his people. Yeah. But if they're not going to be able to see you mm-hmm. say that this is real, this is true, mm-hmm. it's going to get lost. Mm-hmm. And it's going to become a fairy tale mm-hmm. or something that's like, oh, I remember that. They talked about that at church one time. Mm-hmm. But we believe that the Bible is God's living word, yeah. and it's useful as much as it was 10, 100 years ago. It's yeah. still useful today, and it will be useful in the future. And so make it a priority to read the Bible, because God will speak to you, God speaks through you, and that is one way that you can start having those spiritual conversations with your kids, mm-hmm. is when they're like, hey, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. I always joke with the kids, like, one of my favorite Bible stories is about this dude who was rather fat. (laughs) And one day he didn't listen to God and he got stabbed. And the guy, it was, he was so big that the knife disappeared and they couldn't find it. And he ended up dying. (laughs) That's in the Bible people. It's crazy. If you, thank you for discipling our kids. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But this is real stuff. And it sounds, it can easily sound like a fairy tale if, when you're competing with Disney and different things. Mm-hmm. But when you bring out and you make it a special time with your kids, mm-hmm. be like, guys, this is in the Bible. Can you mm-hmm. believe it? Yeah. And have those conversations. Mm-hmm. The next one is incorporate prayer into your daily routine. It can't be something that just happens every once in a while. Because in those moments mm-hmm. when they need it the most, they need to turn to God. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the practical ways my mom did this for us was every time we were on the road and we saw an ambulance, every single time without fail, she was like, hey, prayers up. 
And we're like, what? Okay, perfect. And we prayed for the person that that ambulance was going towards Mm -hmm. or who was in that ambulance that they would be okay. Mm -hmm. And that was just one practical way my parents did to show me that you want to know what? Mm -hmm. Faith is every day. Mm -hmm. Prayer is not just an emergency break, but it's something you can go to at all times. And that is so powerful. And so we need to make sure that we're communicating like prayer works. God is for you Mm -hmm. and you can do it too. And kids, you guys can pray too. Yeah. So we get to come alongside families and uh, help them as they disciple their kids too. Some of that, obviously parents are going to do more than anybody. Yeah. And you have an illustration about that. I do. So again, I love object lessons. It's my jam. But up here, (laughs) I know, uh, we have some puff balls. These are called um, pom-poms. And there are about 3,000 of them in this jar. And what this represents is on average, the average parent has 3,000 hours that they get to intentionally spend with your kids. And this is from the orange, um, we use orange curriculum, and they put this out. They did a study, and this is just all across the board. We understand that when your kid is 17, you might spend a little less time, and when they're younger, you might spend a little more time. But on average, the average person gets to spend 3,000 hours with their kids. And one of the things that we get to do as a kids team, and this is my favorite part, because mm. if you know me, you know that I love teaching your kids and I get passionate, I get excited. That's why we're here today. Mm-hmm. But one of the things is on average, the average kid goes to church for 40 hours a year. Mm. And what that means is our kids team gets to love on your kids. They get to speak life and everything. But it doesn't quite not even fill the bottom. You guys Mm. see that? Mm -hmm. And what this is saying is, bring your kids to church. Mm -hmm. Do it. Mm -hmm. If that's the first step that you get from today, Mm. bring them to church on a regular basis. They will get loved on. But there is something that happens when there's a partnership between what we are doing here at church and we partner with what you guys are doing at home we, where we can make a huge difference in your kids' lives. Because what happens is when that partnership is there, it becomes a normalcy for us to talk about our faith. It becomes a normalcy for us to have a, those conversations with our kids. And one of the ways that we do we have three ways that we do this in kids' ministry where we get to partner with you guys as parents because it's something that I'm passionate about. I went to school what I thought was for to be a kids' pastor, and God laid families on my heart. Mm. And three of the ways we do this is we do this through what we call our parent queue. It's an app, or when you pick your kids up from Sunday school, they might get a piece of paper that says parent queue. And this is just one way for us to connect. Hey, this is what your kids learned at church today, and this is how you can make this become real in their life mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. The next thing that we do is we provide events throughout the whole year. We have Nitro Kids Conference coming up. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> We have kids camp. We also have different events throughout the whole year for designed for families. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when you get plugged in and get part of our community is kids get to speak, get life speaked into them, and you guys get to win. Mm-hmm. And that is our hope. And the last part is, it's another crazy idea, Peter. I came to his office this week, and I was like, I'm thinking about doing this. We're doing it. Is what we're going to offer is in the fall of 2022 is we're going to have a parenting conference. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, as a new mom, mm-hmm. sometimes you are at your breaking point. <laughs> I have an, a seven-month-old teething, sleep-regressed child who decided that this is their week to, dis- to say no to sleep. 
all right? And so I understand parenting is hard, but we together can do so much for the kingdom of God. And so that's what this conference is all about, is we are gonna champion you guys because you guys are in the trenches and we know that and we wanna come alongside and just be there to be your number one fan. Yeah, it's good. So. I remember being 19 years old and going to the grocery store and there's this kid having a total meltdown. And at 19 years old, you know, going, people are so stupid. When I'm a parent, my kids will always be well-behaved, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then you have a few kids and you're like, I am so sorry for ever judging moms or dads. I Uh, think what we came out of this- This this is what parents do. They walk by and they go, Ben there. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Praying for you. I'll be in the green beans praying for you. You Yes, exactly. That's parenthood, right? Oh, we're in this together. (laughs) And one of the coolest things is what we're talking about today is biblical. Yeah. And it comes from, I feel like every time I get up here and preach with you, Peter, I talk about the Shema. Mm-hmm. And that is an old word, but it stands for, there's a scriptures in the Bible that's called Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And chapter six talks about what is our charge mm-hmm. as people that believe in God. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of it, it actually said, this is for your children, for your children's children, mm-hmm. and for your children's children's children. So mm-hmm. he's a generational God just right there. Yeah. And he talks about this in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, I believe. It says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Repeat them again and again and again Mm -hmm. and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What you do matters. Mm-hmm. Let, let's be a generation that makes faith normal yeah. and makes having conversations. Because I love it. You know it's something good when the Bible says the same thing again and again. Yeah. And so... Talk about it. Make it real. Make it come true. Make it come alive. Yeah. Point number two is this. Work on growing uh, close to Jesus yourself. Uh, Son, daughter, you should grow close to God even though I'm coasting spiritually. Right? We want to be that person that says, no, I'm going to grow in the Lord myself because if I'm going to ask others to grow in God, I need to be growing in God as well. I love this point that Lauren said about praying with your kids because um, the reality is if you start while your kids are little or you don't have kids yet and you say, you know what, we're going to read the Bible together as a family, not on Sunday morning, but like during the week. We're going to pray together beyond just meals. We're going to stop and pray at times in our lives. And like my family, we had family Bible studies and it wasn't weird because we did it from when the kids were young. Like, you know, if you're still starting out, you can make that part of your family life. Now, if you've never had a Bible study at your house with your kids, and all of a sudden your kids are 17 years old, go, we're going to have a Bible study. Your kids are going to go, come on. You know, like, we don't do that in our house. Like, all of a sudden you're getting spiritual on me. You're like that uh, grandpa at Thanksgiving who never prays, and suddenly he's got a 15-minute prayer while the gravy's getting cold, right? (laughs) Nobody appreciates that, right? And so I want to just challenge you, encourage you, make prayer and, and this reading of scripture uh, and forgiving each other. Moms and dads, ask your kids for forgiveness. How many have asked their kids for forgiveness before? How many need to do that right now? My kids are in this room, so I'm in trouble. Yeah, I probably, I probably got a lot of things. Um, work on growing close to Jesus in your own life. The scripture says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. And so we just think it's so important that we're all growing. I like to say it like this, either you grow daily or you die gradually. 
And people like to push back and go, well, I'm not really growing spiritually right now, Pastor, but I'm just kind of hovering right here. And I always remind you that you're never hovering spiritually. Either you are growing in God or you are slowly dying spiritually. It's one or the other. And we kind of want to say, well, like, just be honest with that. Like, maybe you need to admit, like, I'm not growing spiritually. And here's what's fascinating. Almost every person who's willing to admit that will say something like this, but it's only hurting me. I'm not growing spiritually as a father in this home, but it's only hurting me. I'm not an example as a mom to, to in, in my life, but it's only hurting me, and it's always hurting everyone. Yeah. You know what? Like, if you coast spiritually, it hurts you. It hurts those close to you. It hurts the city that God's trying to reach. It certainly hurts your church. Yeah. How about half the church just coast spiritually for a while? Let's see how, what kind of condition we're in in a few months. Listen, when you decide to coast spiritually, it harms a lot of people. And the devil's whispering, oh, just, just be complacent. Just get some rest. You know, your spouse will be the spiritual leader. Someone else will take care of that. You know, your kid's pastor will spend all that time. No, we have to be the ones that decide, no, I'm going to grow. I've decided I'm going to grow in the Lord no matter what. So I want to challenge you to design your life in such a way that you can't help but grow spiritually. Be a part of that Bible study. Be a part of church gatherings. Um, put people in your life. This is a big key thing is have people in your life uh, that love on your family. So let's jump into point number three. Yeah. Um, am I supposed to start that? I can do it. Go for I it. I got you. Yeah. Point number three is this. Ask others to invest in your kids. I love that. I love that so much. I know um, one of my best friends, she consistently is like, no, I'm going to be strategic. I'm going to put people in my kid's life. Because how many of you guys know in those moments when life gets hard for your kids, sometimes the person they don't want to turn to is their mom and dad. Sometimes it's what they want to turn to someone else. And if you are strategic now and place people that are going to invest in their life in the right time, your kid will know that, hey, I can go to my aunt this or my friend this mm -hmm. and have these moments. Mm -hmm. Because parents, we love you. You guys are doing great. Mm -hmm. But what happens is sometimes we need to make sure that we surround our kids with people that are, have good values, yep. that stand up for the things that we want to stand up for, mm -hmm. and that are speaking truth and love into your kid's life. Yeah. I have so many people that are kind of like spiritual aunt and uncles to my kids or grandparents to my kids who pour into my kids, pray for my, when people will come up to me and say, I've been praying for your kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, people just bless my family, and I love that so much. I've just kind of decided in my life, like all the kids that are my, my friends, like my friends, like their kids, they're just like all my spiritual, like nieces and nephews, right? <laughs> And uh, like with Lauren's kid, I was like, maybe even spiritual grandpa to Lauren's kid, if I have to be. I, I, I'm coming to grips with that right in front of the whole church, right? But, but um, isn't it amazing to be like, it's so hard to be that voice in your kid's life. Isn't it great to have somebody else who reiterates your values? Yeah. And when your kids go, you know what, like that person, she really loves our family. She cares about us. Uh, those people, you know, that they really do believe in us. And Man, when, so, when I see somebody else pour into my kids, I just am so grateful for anybody who does that. So I want to say thank you, especially if you don't have kids. Thank you for pouring your life into yeah. kids all around you because you're part of a family. It's called the family of God. Yeah. And um, I raise my kids in the church, and sometimes I wonder, what, am I, what do my kids hear? What do, little, what do little kids hear in the bathrooms at church? What do they hear in the lobby? What do they hear in the parking lot? Do they sense people here are kind? You know, I want to raise my kids in an environment where they want to serve God because they sense that it's authentic and real in the church. Um, so invest in kids, you know, and take some time, invest your money, invest your time. If you're here today and you're like, honestly, like, 
I, you know, I want to make an investment. I don't know how. You can serve in the toddler room, which is a really big need. I don't know why, because I think toddlers are amazing. All right? They're um, kind of scary need in our church. sometimes. They're scary? Sometimes. See, I think preschoolers, junior hires, and toddlers are amazing. So I'm the weird guy in church, okay? <laughs> Um, but you can invest by serving in toddlers. You can, you can invest by sponsoring kids to go to yeah. summer camp. There's so many things that you can do uh, to be a part of investing in kids. So, Lauren, you have an investment that our kids are making into somebody's life. And we talked about this. Um, one of the things that um, we got to talk about in kids ministry is we wanted to adopt a kid slash sponsor. Mm-hmm. And I w- went to your kids on a Sunday morning and I was like, hey guys, we are going to be sponsoring a kid. Let's pick the age. Let's pick the gender. Where do, what do you think? And your kids got to be t- put, t- they put their brains together. They went to different sides of the room. You older, younger, boy, girl. Let me tell you, girls voted for girls. Boys voted for boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the end, it was really cool. And then I went onto World Vision site and I was like, God, our kids are going to be investing their money mm-hmm. and their time mm-hmm. into a kid. Mm-hmm. Jesus, show me which one you want to choose. Um, and from that, I'm going to show up here is a picture. This little boy, is his name is Glory. <laughs> and he is four years old from Congo. Mm. It's in Africa. And what's really cool is because your kids mm-hmm. are faithfully bringing their offering and mm-hmm. giving, mm-hmm. we get to be a light to this young boy in the corners of Africa in Congo. And what's really cool is we get to provide for his food, clothing, his essentials. But what's also cool is because your kids are bringing their money and helping to sponsor Glory, he also gets to hear about Jesus. He gets to have positive influences. And just like we're talking about today, he gets to get to know Jesus. And and he has 100 plus American kids praying for him. Yes, he does. I mean, Isn't that pretty cool? That is amazing. I love that. Yeah. So cool thing. Um, let's talk about passing the torch. Ooh. Um, it's a big deal. It's the Olympics. Did anybody watch any of the Olympics? I'm praying the Olympics bring some uh, unity to the United States. I prayed that the last Olympics. It didn't happen. So I'm praying oh, yeah. it again this Olympics. All right. This is the one. And when we were planning this gathering, I really felt that God put on my heart that the title of this message was Passing the Torch to the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a kids pastor, we're going to do an object lesson today. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, this becomes has become real to me. Mm-hmm. And the older I get, the more real the idea of passing the torch to the next generation has become. It might be because I'm a new mom mm-hmm. and I really want Tenley to love Jesus with mm-hmm. her all. Yeah. But one of the things that, stories that comes to my mind is my mom grew up um, in Seattle, Washington. She, was, she went to Catholic school. She went to mass every day. Um, but she never made that connection that Jesus is an important part of your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she never fell in love with Jesus. She never had that real relationship. She's like, this is things I have to do. Mm -hmm. And because of that, she started drifting away in middle school and high school. She started becoming a rebel Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happened was she had the most amazing friend who was there, who Mm -hmm. she got to grow up with. Mm -hmm. And this friend was willing to stand in the gap Mm -hmm. for my mom. And she prayed for my mom. I still talk to this aunt is still a huge part of my life. But what happened was she prayed with my mom. She would show up even in those moments where my mom did not make the wise choice. Mm -hmm. She still chose to be her friend. 
And because of that, she got to invite her to church. Mm -hmm. And in that church service, my mom said yes to following Jesus. Mm -hmm. She was 18 years old and it was crazy. And Mm -hmm. she's like, man, but if you talk to my mom, she goes, man, I want to tell the world about Jesus because I know what it's like to live without him. Yeah. And you better believe my kids <laughs> are going to know about Jesus. Yeah. And I am a product of that today. I'm a second generation because my mom said, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she passed that faith on to me, mm-hmm. which I find cool. Mm-hmm. And so today we have an object lesson and I have some people that are going to come and help me today. So if those are you, go ahead and come on up here. But um, the idea of passing a torch and the Olympics had my mind going this week. Mm. And so I thought, how cool would it be to physically have a torch? And they told me no. I was like, come on, we can set off a few smoke detectors. It's fine. (laughs) And they're like, no, no. And so what happened instead is Paul Gibson decided, he's like, I can't do that, but I'll do one better for you. I will make a torch that you can relight over and over. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is this is Bob up here. Mm-hmm. And Bob, you have grandkids. Mm-hmm. How many? Five. He has five grandkids. That's he, crazy. He even knows how many grandkids he has. <laughs> right? That's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> and what happens is Bob... He made a decision. You want to know what? I'm going to pass the faith to the next generation. And because of that, he gets to invest in Peter. He's actually on the board. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Peter gets to say, you want to know what? I'm going to make a stand. And I'm going to share my faith with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he took a 21-year-old, fresh out of college student. (laughs) Crazy, right? And he said, you want to know what? I'm going to invest in her. I'm going to make sure that she doesn't fail. Mm -hmm. And because of that, he was able to pass the torch on to me. Mm -hmm. And when I showed up here eight and a half years ago, there was a second grader (laughs) that I had in one of my classes. And her name happened to be Cambry. (laughs) And Cambry has grown up since her little second grade self. But what was really cool is each week I got to spend time getting to know Cambry Mm -hmm. and got to invest a little bit into her. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I got to pass my faith off Mm -hmm. to her. And what's cool about this is, how old are you, Cambry? I'm 15. She is 15. Almost 16. Full credit. (laughs) She wants full credit for that 16. (laughs) 15 and a half. 15 and three-fourths. But what happens is Cambry graduated from kids' ministry. Mm -hmm but she came back Mm -hmm. to serve with our kids. And because of her willingness to invest in the next generation, Cambry gets to help in a Sunday school class with Charlotte. And Charlotte, how old are you? She's eight years old. Isn't that cool Mm -hmm. how faith works? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't happen by accident. What happens is, what if Cambry had decided instead of passing her faith on, Cambry's really busy. I've seen her schedule. Mm-hmm. She is crazy busy. But you want to know what? Instead of saying, you want to know what? I have all these excuses of why I'm not going to do it. I want to invest in myself right now. But you want to know what? Cambry took the charge and said, I will be there. And she is one of the most faithful people I've, I have serving on our kids team. Mm-hmm. She shows up every single week at 920 to invest 
in the next generation. And Charlotte from here, Mm -hmm. she gets to hang out with my daughter. And she gets to pass that faith on to her Mm -hmm. because we're intentional about making sure Mm -hmm. that the the faith is passed to the next generation. All right. Thank you, Char. But let me tell you this. The torch of faith, the thing that's keeping it in your hands is you. And you guys in here, whether you're two or 82 or even 92, you guys, the faith rests on you. And you guys get the opportunity to be a light to invest in one person. Mm-hmm. And don't, don't, don't shy away from that. Yeah. You have so much power and you have so much potential yeah. for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you guys so much yeah. for being willing awesome. to be up here. Thanks, Lori. We're going to take the next five or seven minutes. There's going to be a worship song in just a moment. But I'm going to invite some teenagers who were asked before the service if they'd come make themselves available. They're going to come stand across the front. And um, we've asked them to pray for any needs in your life. And so um, if you're here today and you're like, man, um, I got a kid who's not serving God or my grandkids are going through a hard time or really it could be any need in your life, um, they're available to pray with you. And I think that'd be so cool if we took them up on that. For one, it stretches them to pray for people that they may not even know. And we all need to be stretched. Our faith doesn't grow when we don't allow God to stretch us. And so I'm asking if you have anything in your heart, you're like, honestly, I would love some teenager who's got some fire for God in her heart or his heart to pray for my situation, my family, whatever that is. And so just a moment, we're gonna invite you to stand and pray for that. I wanna tell you a quick story before we get there. When I was an eight-year-old kid, I came to this church and there was a, a single woman. She was older, leading kids ministry. A very few amount of people might know the name Almeda Harvey. And she was uh, leading the kids ministry and she might've had a helper or two, but it wasn't much. <clears throat> and I was part of her class. And I remember her, she was fun, she was zany. She was just that old school Sunday school teacher, just kind of a cool thing. And um, she aged as I aged. Not long after I became the lead pastor, she was in a nursing home. And I hadn't seen her probably for years. And I was uh, leading the service. And before the service, my mom came up to me and she said, Almeida Harvey is in the gathering who taught your eighth grade Sunday school class. And I said, where? And she pointed out she was in a wheelchair. She had those giant rectangle black glasses, you know, sitting out in a wheelchair. And um, I think it was her last time in church. And so uh, as I was leading the service talking about faith, I began to talk about this very subject of passing faith on. And uh, somebody had broken her out of the nursing home. It was probably her last chance to be in church where she led kids ministries back in the early to mid 80s. And I walked off the platform. People got a little nervous, as you might. And I walked up, and I got down on one knee in front of her. I didn't ask her to marry me. It's okay. All right. (laughs) And in front of like 200-some people, I said, Almeida, when you were teaching Sunday school, the current lead pastor was a goofy 8-year-old kid. And you took the time to invest in a kid like me. And that's paying off huge dividends in other people's lives. And we all here just want to say thank you for pouring into our kids way back in the 80s. And the place erupted with applause 
for this woman in her late 80s at that point. Isn't that a great story? Pour your life into the next generation. You'll never regret it. Lord, we pray, God, that the kids and the youth that are serving you in our area today, that their faith would be stronger than their parents or their grandparents. Lord, that the statistics would be wrong, that they would thrive, that they would shine. God, that we would see a revival, God, in our area because of young people and their passion for you. Lord, there are so many being raised in a home that doesn't know the Lord. God, we pray that our church would be part of the solution. And God, we pray for these young people that they would be called, that they would be gifted. God, that they would decide to serve you with their lives no matter what the world says or does. God, strengthen families, God, in this church, in this area. God, I pray that parents would forgive themselves for their mistakes. I pray, God, that the walls that the devil would try to form between parents and their kids, God, would be broken down. Lord, we pray for adult children, God, who are not serving God and their parents' hearts are broken. God, that healing, wholeness, and salvation would come to that person. Lord, faith takes guts. It's so difficult at times. God, help us to never give up. Lord, to never shrink back to be people of faith, God, until our time goes, until our time is over. And God, like the story I told, God, I pray that we would all leave a lasting legacy of changed lives behind us. God, let fathers be the priests of their homes. Lord, let parents be the spiritual leaders, God, to their families. God, let people be aunts and uncles and grandparents, the kids they're not related to, but they're part of the family of God. God, would you do a radical, new, exciting work inside of the young people's lives. Lord, let them lead upward to the generations, God, that have gone before them. And God, I pray, Lord, that they be on fire, excited, and full of your spirit as they live and serve you in their lives. Jesus, help us to patch, pass the torch in a way that honors you in every possible way. And everybody here said... And online said, amen. Man, great weekend, isn't it? I want all the first through fifth graders in church every week. Um, God bless you, uh, you and your family as well. Make sure you're here next week, uh, maybe a little bit earlier for the time change. And listen, bless someone, speak life into someone before you leave the campus or on the couch next to you. All right, God bless you. Have a great day.